Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. My tit. What about it? That's what that's oh, what yeah. she says when she stabs oh, her. Oh, she gets stabbed. My tit. So, it's been such a fun month of doing these super special, super spooky Halloween spooktacular episodes. And, and I'm not even spooky like that, but like, I got spooky this month. I watched a, sh- a lot of scary movies. Yeah, and I, I've really enjoyed the chance to really focus in on one piece of media in each of these bonus episodes. And this week, we're doing one that, even before Like a Virgin, you know, took another look back at this piece of media, this is something that has already been given this, you know, broader cultural reassessment. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is Jennifer's Body, you know, the Diablo Cody film starring Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried. And we're going to talk a lot about its place in pop culture when it came out, why it was so, you know, maligned and misunderstood. And I guess off-screen controversy that like maybe made the film less successful than it could have been. And uh, we also talk about that lesbian kiss scene, of course. Yeah, and how it's been, you know, reclaimed and and reassessed through a contemporary lens. Uh, Because this is Like a Virgin, the show where we give yesterday's pop culture today's takes. I'm Rose Damu. And I'm Fran Torado. Virgins, if you follow us on Instagram at Like a Virgin for 2069... You will know that we did ask your opinion on what films and spooky themes we should talk about this month. You also should know that we just fully disregarded all (laughs) All of of your your suggestions. suggestions. 
Yeah. Sorry. But we, you're not going to be disappointed with what we chose instead. No. We were trying to account for one last episode. And the episode we decided to do... Well, this isn't the last episode in the series, but the last episode we are recording. Um, and the one that we're filling is for Jennifer's body. Which deserves to be discussed. Yes. You know, it is a cult classic. It really has been, you know, reclaimed in recent years mm-hmm. as, you know, part of queer girl canon. Um, I think it also reverses something in a quintessential like a version analysis, which is that the you know, a lot of times we watch or read or look at things and it's like this thing was very relevant then and is like a little less relevant now. And now we're consuming something that was like at the time critically panned or had a lot of controversy or like negative criticism around it. And now um, people are thinking that it was maybe more ahead of its time. Very ahead of its time. Mm -hmm. Um, For the Virgins, Jennifer's Body is a 2009 film written by Diablo Cody about needy Lisnicki and her best friend, Jennifer Check. (laughs) Um, They are besties uh, living in, you know, like this ass backwards town. And, a emo band uh, fronted by Adam Brody of the OC fame visits their town and he and his bandmates, because they want to become famous, sacrifice Jennifer as part of a satanic ritual because they think she's a virgin, mm-hmm. but she's not a virgin. So the ritual goes wrong and she becomes a demon. She becomes a succubus and she starts feeding off of not people, as she specifies. She's not killing people, she's killing boys. <laughs> so she starts seducing and then eating these boys who make her powerful. Needy knows what's going on um, and, you know, uh, is not going to let Jennifer, you know, kill these boys, even though, we'll get to this later, I think she should have. <laughs> um, and the it, the movie ends, with, spoiler alert, with Needy killing Jennifer and winding up in prison but then she escapes at the end of the film and goes to exact revenge on the band. Um, the movie stars Amanda Seyfried as Needy, Megan Fox as Jennifer. It is iconic in many ways. Um, Something that should be said is like the, that Needy is kind of like this nerd, which like lol at Amanda Seyfried like playing a nerd. Like she's so, when she's so beautiful. She's so beautiful. Like there's no world she would ever fall into that like category. But I don't know that she's a nerd as much as she's a horse girl. She's a horse girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a and horse there, girl. There is always that really beautiful yeah. but just weird girl in yeah. school who has hair as long as Amanda Seyfried's hair is. Yeah, in this movie. It, it's it's just. Silly, but it it but it, it um the movie in general is actually playing into tropes that we might find in like an after school special. Like it has that kind of pulpy like after school special quality to it that is very aware of itself. And so Jennifer is like this liberated hot like slut who needy almost. Um, well, actually, no, definitely looks up to, like, at the begin, at least the beginning of the movie. Like, she sees her as this pinnacle of, like, sexual liberation that she doesn't quite have access to yet. And I do think that the way Diablo Cody wrote this movie, it, like, champions the, like, kind of high school drama component of it as much as it champions the horror. Um, so well, it's a very I mean, unique it, it, movie well, it, to watch. It, it blends those together. Yeah. I mean, the opening line of the film is Hell is a Teenage Girl, yeah. which, you know, I think it's interesting for 
me to look back on this is, you know, I was never a teenage girl, mm-hmm. so I don't know how true that statement is. I, I can imagine it is very true, and I think I've consumed enough media to know that that it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that statement is proven by the way that this film was received. Mm-hmm. So I do want to talk a little bit about the the context of, of when this movie is released, because I think it, it says a lot about the way it was received. So this movie came out in 2009. Uh, it's written by Diablo Cody, who was fresh off of the incredible, surprising success of Juno. Mm-hmm. Um, Winning which, the Oscar for the screenplay. Mm-hmm. And nominated for Best Picture? Uh, probably. Probably. Um, were you a Juno head? I loved the movie, yeah. I, I you know, Kimya Dawson in, oh my <laughs> in God, the that Ross fucking okay. soundtrack. I definitely, um, I, I don't know if I was like a Juno stan, but I did watch the movie over and over again and love the soundtrack. And I, I wanted to be Diablo Cody. Like, I wanted yes. to write something quirky and indie like her. Yeah. Um, the, the movie was directed by Karen Kusama, um, who directed Girl Fight, Aeon Flux. A couple years ago, she directed that movie Destroyer with Nicole Kidman mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. the wig. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, my gosh. One and, of the best wigs. Yeah. And Megan Fox was fresh off of the Transformers sequel. Amanda Seyfried was fresh off of Mamma Mia. Mm. So you look at this film and it's all of these women who are really at that the peak in many ways of their fame. And so it had all of the ingredients to be this really successful film. And it was a huge flop, Mm -hmm. um, both commercially and critically. It only made, it made like barely twice its budget. It currently has a 45% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I'm, I think that's crazy that it hasn't gotten bumped up by, you know, the, all of the, people who still love it and the way it's been, you know, sort of reassessed today. But I think it's very telling of where we were in pop culture in 2009. So you have to think about, and we, we've we talked a little bit about this before in our Twilight episode, 2009 was like peak Twilight mania. So we're at this time in... Oh, cu- I didn't know that. Yeah, we're at this time in culture where... No one in pop culture is more hated than the teenage girl, you know? Um, So Hell is a Teenage Girl. It was a time when there was all of this real anger and... uh, Misogyny. Misogyny at work because teenage girls had proven their capitalistic power to control media Mm -hmm. um, and to prop up the things that they were interested in. And so because of that, they became the butt of every joke. You know, it was just a time when if a teenage girl liked something, then that was just all the more reason for people to hate it and to hate teenage girls themselves. So it's no surprise that this film which is about teenage girls, was, I'm sure, marketed to them, uh, was, you know, critically panned and was a huge flop. Well, what's actually, um, I was reading a little bit in prep for this episode, I was reading about, like, the runway to the movie and and how that kind of teenage girl thing came into fold. And I, you know, they greenlit this movie and, and you know, paid for it um, right after Juno, just as you said. And, um, and, 
when it was announced, like nothing's even in production. When it was announced, people were protesting it because by then people already had a problem with, I guess, like Diablo Cody, you know, succeeding as a woman, but also just like the conceit of it was like for some reason offensive to like certain classes of people, which is insane. Um, but that is just your, as you're saying, the kind of white hot heat that was on Diablo Cody at the time. But I think that in, you know, recent interviews and when this movie is being looked at retrospectively, which it is, you know, a lot, especially last, I want to say last year, like Megan Fox had a little bit of a a comeback. Megan Fox had her, you know, resurgence into pop culture. Um, There were a lot of the younger generation of celebrities we have now um, directly referencing Jennifer's mm-hmm, body, like mm-hmm. Olivia Rodrigo yep. and her Good For You music video, like is very obviously referencing Jennifer's body. So last year was was a, a big moment for, you know, reclaiming this film, especially among queer women. Um, and I think both young queer women and also the queer women who probably loved this film when it first came out. You know, yeah, the way that I did. Exactly. But um, what what's interesting about your, like, the way you were thinking about, like, how this movie is for teenage girls is exactly correct. But that's not how the movie was marketed. So Diablo Cody and Karen Kusama went up against, like, the kind of powers that be about how the film were to be marketed. And they just, like, would not hear them. They were like, no, this movie is for teen boys because they're horny period. Like, we're not doing anything outside of that. And the movie, I feel, maybe didn't find its real audience um, because there was this kind of patent refusal to, like, see teenage girls as a viable audience for a horror. Um, And so there was actually this really funny moment in one of the interviews with Diablo Cody I was reading wherein they were being presented a very, like, misogynist ad um, fixating on Jennifer's hotness, which was kind of, like, the definitely the trailer, which she also hated, like, definitely the marketing plan like Megan Fox being hot is like obviously was a part of the PR plan Um, and Cody like you know replied to the email and was like hey can you like clarify like why you think this is like good for the movie or like what you think this this will do for the movie and the email they got in response Cody said was Jennifer sexy she steal your boyfriend Like, fully not a full sentence, like, not even grammatically correct. Like, she said it was as if a caveman had written it. And that was, like, what she was up against trying to help the film find its audience, which it maybe didn't until later years. Yeah, and, you know, watching it again, because I watched it last night preparing for this, it's directly at odds with the actual product Mm -hmm. because I – Every time I revisit this movie, I'm like, am I rem- am I like misremembering it? Am I remembering it as being more for women than it actually was? And I'm not because no. it really is. This movie is one of the best examples of the female gaze in film I have ever seen. Mm. Like down to the literal gaze of the camera, you know. I I think the most iconic image of this movie is Megan Fox swimming in the lake after Mm. she's eaten her first victim. You know, that's like the reference that Olivia Rodrigo pulled. Mm -hmm. And 
in a movie that was directed by a man, when Jennifer gets out of the water, you know, the camera would have lingered on like her yeah, back and her, her ass, butt, the and wetness, the parts that they think men want to see. But then the way that it's shot in this movie is she gets out of the water and it's her wringing her hair out. Yeah, and very simple. You, it's it's just like it's so obviously the gaze of a woman, and even in the scene where Needy and Jennifer kiss later in the film it's not exploitative in a way no. that i think a movie made by a male director would be the the shot is so close on their lips it's such a hot so kiss hot scene but it's for like all genders like yeah. it's everybody who can but enjoy it, it but it also is very femme it's, yeah it's the the gaze is on their lips it's on the tenderness and the intimacy yeah. and it's sticky and sweet and intense but not like pornographic at any point like I was kind of I, I want to get your take on that scene in, in general like how you felt about it I when I was reading about this people took huge issue with the fact that there was a makeout scene like queer people were like this is exploitative and like or like this is like so gratuitous or whatever or maybe like it was more like feminist critiques were like this is so for the male gaze like I didn't feel that was true at all no I think that's misogyny I think yeah. it's misogyny to think that a movie written by, directed by, and starring women could not include a very, like, honest depiction of teen queer sexuality. That- like, I think it's so believable that these girls are obsessed with each other in a way that includes being sexually interested in each other. And, of course, that would come out as a kiss. Like, it's hammered in so often in this movie that— Needy is the one exception to Jennifer's, you know, evil. Mm-hmm. When she first becomes a demon, she goes immediately to Needy. She doesn't hurt her because she loves her. And so, of course, there is an undercurrent of that being sexual attraction. And yeah, I absolutely believe that they would make out. I actually would believe that they've made out before. Yeah, I actually would be mad if they hadn't made out. I know that's well, not she saying said, Well, she even says, like, um, let's play, we can play boyfriend-girlfriend like we used to. Yeah, yes, exactly. Like, the infatuation is there and also, like, they're through the whole movie. It's not unearned at all. And also it makes sense plot-wise because you know, Jennifer seduces her victims. Like, and so this is, when they were kissing, you had these little alarm bells going off. You're like, oh no, no, this means that she's going to die. Like, it also has a kind of function and foreshadow um, as much as it, you know, was just earned in the emotional intimacy of the characters. And it was and, so good. And it's, it's this is bisexual culture. Yes. Like, you know? This... And she's bi. Like, the character, I think that Jennifer is bi. Like, she, they kind of allude l- to it. She literally says, when when they're in the pool, the pool scene, she says, I thought you only killed boys. I swing both ways. Yes, it's supposed to be explicitly bisexual. And I think at the time, in 2009, people were like, LOL, that's just a joke. It wasn't a joke. No, it's like, why would you write it? Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit tomboyx.com. 
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At the time of, like, Juno, like, they were making jokes about Diablo Cody on, like, Family Guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or, or, like, she was SNL, a, She like, was a punching bag in a way. Yeah. She became... Diablo Cody's whole sensibility, I think, with Juno became this easy joke. Yeah. You know? And that very much was grafted onto this film and the way it was received. Which is crazy because, actually, like, um, even though, like, critically, the noise around it was loudly negative like Roger Ebert loved like the, they love this film like the, it got positive reviews in the t- I think the times it like got a ton of really positive criticism but because the conversation around Diablo Cody was so loud um, that it just like consumed the kind of lens through which the movie was being looked at and that was then um, compounded with the Michael Bay drama, which is during the press junket of this movie, like around the movie was being around the time the movie's being marketed, Megan Fox said really negative things about Michael Bay, the director of Transformers, the movie she had just come off of. And she also called him like Hitler, <laughs> which is like, you know, not very like um, intentional words, but like. For but I'm sure anybody, she had a horrible experience yes, working with him. And for anybody, like, for her to do this in, like, a pre-2 era, like, is crazy. You know what I mean? Like, that is unheard of. It it, it gives me just so much more love and respect um, for Megan Fox just as an actor in general. Like, she was blacklisted by Michael Bay and, like, was, like, essentially, like, to- made toxic in film and TV after this. And I think their favorability of both Megan and Diablo went significantly down because of Jennifer's body. Totally. And I think with the Diablo Cody of it all, I'm sure there was also this expectation because you look at the, the these two films, right? You look at Juno, which almost has this like righteousness to it of this character who like does this, you know, good thing and like, you know, she gets pregnant. She gives her baby up for adoption. Like, there's this. I'm not. I'm not going to say like saintliness to 
Juno, but it's a very twee film. It's twee. very sweet. It's it's very much a feel good movie. You immediately fall in love with everyone involved, and, and you become protective yeah. of Juno. And so then, for the follow up to that to be this, so you have all these people who are already poised to not like Diablo Cody, and then she writes this movie about a blood sucking female demon. Mm-hmm. You know, it's giving. Unfortunately, gave people uh, weapons to use against her. Yeah, I wonder, like. Not that I want this to happen, but I wonder, like, what would have happened to either Megan or Diablo if this, if Jennifer's body was instead her, like, fifth or sixth film. You know what I mean? Like, if it had come later in her career when there was, there was like, more breathing room around, you know, her success or something, or it just felt, like, consequently and unfortunately in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, because, I mean, let's be honest— if this movie came out today, this was a first-time filmmaker, uh, and it was an A24 movie, uh, it would, like, it would be an Oscar-nominated, uh, you know? <laughs> it actually, like, there should—no, I was going to say there should be a reboot, but, like, there should just be more movies like it. There should be so many more movies. I mean, there I mean, are. There are, and there, there's movies and TV shows like it, and I think so much of the media that we enjoy and consume probably does owe a debt to Jennifer's body in a way. Yeah. And I think it's really ahead of its time. I mean— there's it's not perfect. There's some no. There's some very racist jokes in it. <laughs> yeah. Um and you know, there's a Chris Pratt jump scare and Oh my god, and then Chris Pratt says the word fags or whatever. He says like fagos, fagos. and I was, I was like, "Oh my god, this is too on the nose right now." Um but it's just a good movie. It's a good scary movie. Megan yeah. Fox is genuinely terrifying in and it. And she's also acting. Like she plays it completely serious like a lot the rest of the movie i would say is like pretty camp and she decided to play it straight and i have so much respect for her because of that you know and it also just made me appreciative of what is demanded of an actor in an action movie i know that jennifer's body is less of an action movie than transformers but i was like that really is like a whole different breadth of skill sets that you have to take on and and habit in your body in order to do this acting. Yeah, and she and Amanda delivered Diablo Cody's lines so well. That scene in the pool house where Amanda Seyfried says something like, uh, when she's floating, she's like, oh, you show off. And she's like, do you have to, like, you know, like, have an opinion on everything I do? It's just, it's just so funny. Yeah, she's literally floating through the air, demonically possessed. And she's like, why do you, why do you always have to, like, you know denigrate what I you it's just like a, it was like a catty girl fight but she's floating in the air it's genius it's like really smart it's cinematic invention like we've never seen that before but yeah the move the ending I didn't love the ending the ending's kind of okay. bad yeah so this is my problem is that <laughs> I do think if the movie were made today it would end with needy also becoming a demon mm-hmm. and her and Jennifer being together, being a couple and just like going off and killing people. Yeah. And that's how it should have ended. There could have been like a love story in there somewhere. I think it, it could have been like, I mean, n- especially now that like culture is like not completely primed, but more primed than in 2009 for like a kind of lesbian revenge fantasy like that would absolutely eat because needy Um, is a little sanctimonious she's like you're doing bad things and you killed my boyfriend so i'm mm. gonna kill you and i mean fair but also like this is your best friend shouldn't you kind of be on her side a little bit yeah or figure out how you can exercise the semen or you know all these different things um 
Can we also talk about the soundtrack of this movie? Oh, my, my God. God. This is, I think this is the first time I heard Florence and the Machine was what? W- Kiss with a Fist. Because is th- it the trailer? Is it in the trailer? No, it's, or... a, it's, in the, it's in the movie. I know it's in the movie, but I was wondering if it was also in the, I don't know in the promotion or it, something. It might have been in the trailer because 2009 is the year that Lungs came out. Oh, so, why? It was and right Kiss with on a the Fist nose. was the first single. So I do believe that this was how I discovered Florence the Machine. And also... Let's say it, the song that Low Shoulder that becomes famous in the movie because of their satanic ritual and becomes like the soundtrack of of Devil's Kettle, the town and like everything bad that happens there. It does slap. It slaps. And also there's a there's a, a, a song by the Black Kids that drops. It's called I'm Not Gonna Teach Your Boyfriend How to Dance With You. And it sent me down such a huge spiral. I like had no choice but to make like an indie sleaze playlist um i i i had not heard that song in ages um and i also think kiss with a fist is also in that like kind of era of music i was reading later that um the soundtrack was produced by fueled by ramen do you remember fueled by ramen i do yeah girl i was like i was like damn like i want the like movies to go back to this because that like era of music like i mean it was very like sufjan stevens kind of yeah i mean it's it's indie music that you know this is like um discovering the kills through a gossip girl episode era yes this is like the era of paramore paramore of feist being in Mm -hmm. an ipod commercial (laughs) you know this this was you know they even adam Adam brody even says do you know how hard it is to make it as as an indie band Mm -hmm. these days and like has that whole spiel and And diablo cody's like love for indie music i think is is something i appreciate like kimmy dawson was like a, a nobody before that movie and she i think her love of indie music is actually something is something that isn't always appreciated you know Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit tomboyx.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I did realize in watching this film that possession movies are not really my go-to with horror mm. and kind of a bit of a blind spot for me. Like, obviously, I've seen The Exorcist. Have you ever I seen have. The Exorcist? I, I think I had to go home early because I was so scared. It was really scary. It is It is really scary. Yeah. Um, it's, But it's not like... Super. I don't. I don't. I don't. Well, the, I'm not obsessed with it. Like yeah, I get the practical I get that effects are very of their time. Yeah, I get that it's a great movie, but mm-hmm. it's not one that I've have really wanted to revisit a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, there's Hereditary, which I have truly only ever been able to watch once. Yes, the first time I saw it, it's so in theaters. So 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 scary. I still think about Tony Collette hovering over the bed. <gasps> my old apartment in Brooklyn had really tall ceilings. And oh my God, tall any ceilings. T- anytime the lights were off, I was like, Tony Collette is up there. She's up there. She's going to get me. She's going to get She's going to like swim past oh, my head. It's so scary. It's the scariest part. Oh my God, it's so um, scary. Have you seen Ghostbusters? Uh, yeah, I have. Actually. Okay, so Sigourney Weaver in the movie where she gets possessed by the demon. Oh my she's, god. She's giving a little Jennifer's body. Yeah, she is. Sigourney honestly is something of like a, a kind of action thriller. She honestly, like Megan Fox could have been the next Sigourney. <laughs> kind of, not hmm. no. Like Alien Transformers. You like, still versi- haven't seen Alien. You no, I haven't. But like ver- versatility, like in like a kind of blockbuster action, but also able to do something like campy and stupid. Like, Where do we, th- what do we think Megan Fox's career would be today if she hadn't been blacklisted? Ooh, that's a good question. I feel like she... She would not be dating Machine Gun Kelly, let's say that. No, no. I, I, I mean, I hope... I hope not. She would be dating Megan Kelly, as we said. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Hoc- during right, our right, Hocus Pocus right. rewatch. Um, but uh, no, I I think if she if she were she would probably be the muse of someone like maybe even she would maybe be in an Ari Aster movie. You know who I think she would kind of be giving a little bit? I think she'd be a sort of Juliette Lewis figure. Oh, I could see that. I mean, she's not. Uh, like kind of cantankerous, like Juliette Lewis. She'd be the, the she'd be the sexy Juliette Lewis. Sexy comedic relief because let's Megan Fox has amazing comedic timing. Yeah, um, and also like incisive, intense, a deadpan, like unfazed by the world, by everything around her, um, and you know is really fearless. Juliette Lewis is definitely like one of those fearless characters. Megan Fox is definitely one of those people too. I hope that she does more things. It doesn't seem, despite her renaissance um, last year, if it is a zance, it doesn't seem like she's signed up to do more movies. Yeah, does it? it 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 has more been um, like she's uh, moved it, on. It has more been about her as a person than yeah. it has been about her as an actress. She did some like Netflix vampire show or movie or something. She did, yeah. But I think she should do something like a Yellow Jackets, like yeah. not not necessarily literally Yellow Jackets, but I think she should show up in you know a streaming show or something like a little prestige, maybe a little spooky, and. 
I do think she's a good actress. And, yeah. and, and like, I would like to see her back in that space rather than just like talking about how she like licks Machine Gun Kelly's blood or something. You know, the Machine Gun Kelly stuff is like so disappointing. And honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, when I'm thinking about what Megan Fox is susceptible to, maybe she would become one of Ryan Murphy's muses. Like, maybe yeah. she would have been, like, an Emma Roberts kind of, you know... Well, she's not that totally. young, but... I think she still could. Like, get her yeah. get her in the next season of American Horror Story. No, no, no. She deserves better than that. Like, um, Ryan Murphy's not writing the best of his life in the American Horror Story franchise. Like, No, but I think it's a good place for her to start out. Because hmm. look at yeah, yeah, look yeah. at Sarah Paulson, you know? Yeah. I think it would be... Sarah Paulson. I think it would be a good chance for people to be like, oh, yeah, she actually is a good actress. Mm-hmm. It would be a good starting vehicle for the next phase of her career. Yes! And then... She she makes the next bird box. Like Megan Fox should make the next bird box. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. next viral bad thriller. Yeah, know? totally. Like that she, is... she needs to be in the next thing that is unavoidable. Yes. And so everyone in the world remembers who she is. Yeah. Eat shit, Michael Bay. This is actually, it should be said also that Amanda is is another actress that was like prestige before it was realized. You know what I mean? Like her Mamma Mia era or her like Jennifer's Body era, like, very camp, but like no one knew she could do something like the dropout. Like, yeah, you know what I well, mean. Well, I mean, if Megan Fox hadn't been blacklisted, she might have a very similar career to Amanda's. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. Maybe would have leaned a little sexier. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm you know, not that Amanda hasn't had her own trials and tribulations in Hollywood. You know, uh, she had those photos of her having sex with her. Uh, for future husband leaked. And also, I think if Olivia Rodrigo is going to do this, like, send-up of of Jennifer's body and, like, reference her visually, like, bring her out at a concert. Put her in her 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 next music video. She should be in the music video. They kind of look alike. Like, Olivia Rodrigo propping up Megan Fox in a new era and also propping up Paramore. Not propping up. Stealing from Paramore and then making... Paramore kind of relevant again to some extent. Um, God, is Olivia Rodrigo just like a cultural soothsayer? Does she really like show us what we want and need out of culture? Like, uh, God. I mean, I think it's more that she has the right people on her team who, yeah. who know where to pull references yeah, from. It's, yeah, it's not like I think Olivia Rodrigo's like, uh, she's making the mood boards herself. Yeah, you know? no, no, no. Have you listened to the new Paramore song? I'm obsessed with it. It's very... Um, I mean, I was going to say different for Paramore, but it sounds a lot like, you know, the last few albums that they released that no one listened to. It's kind of like groovy indie sleaze. Um, Something I really like that they did is they just revealed the track list to their new album by, like, putting it in, like, secret writing on a T-shirt that was sold, like, for merch somewhere. And, like, it was revealed what the the track list for the album is, which I thought was cool. I love Paramore. It does feel like the stars have aligned in this way where we truly are just back where we were 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like we're in the revival of Indie Sleaze, Tumblr, Hell is a Teenage Girl. And J-Lo and Ben Affleck are back together again. Yeah. And, And, you know, I'm I'm fresh off of my second puberty as a woman this time. And I'm ready, more ready than ever to embrace Jennifer's body and Megan Fox. Yeah. Megan Fox, please. And Amanda Seyfried, who now has an Emmy. Yes. She won the Emmy for... For The Dropout. Oh, thank God. She was so good. I didn't even know that because I I didn't watch the Emmys. Yeah. It was great. Wow. 
Um, and you still need to watch Mamma Mia. I mean, do I need yes, to watch Mamma Mia? Fran, I, 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 Fran, virgins, Fran, virgins, be real with me. Fran, you need to watch Mamma Mia. This Thursday, we will be back with a normal episode, our final Halloween episode on vampires. Oh my god. It Honestly, you would think that we would be done with vampires, but no. Oh no. Girls, it's just getting started. Oh no. We are going to... This is a topic that will live forever. Yeah, truly. So, uh, sharpen your stakes. Uh, but yeah, Thursday, we will be talking all about all things vampires, um, mostly about how gay they are. Yeah, very gay. Thank you so much to producer Phoebe for editing these bonus episodes. Thank you to our team at iHeart. And thank you to all of you virgins for listening. Make sure you connect with us. Uh, follow our Finsta at Like a Virgin for 2069. And uh, yeah. And then that's it. That's uh, all. Okay. Bye. That's all. Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit tomboyx.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.